Hey gang, Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is now funded by Patreon. Join to access our blog and unlock special bonuses like essays, reviews, lost episodes, and other exclusive material. It's brand new, and you can be a part of shaping what we produce. If we reach $25 a month, I'll release a full version of Me and My Shadow Demon free to all patrons. Thank you to Kyle Michaud, David Green, Charlie Adams, Matthew Bang, Katie Maxwell, and Jordan Ferguson for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching Zoinks the Wonder Dog. sound spikes on the very first word. Well, what, what is the first word? It's a, I bet you it's a welcome. Yeah, it's the welcome. You gotta welcome them. Otherwise, they're not welcome. What am I supposed to say? Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. No, they would be like, well, thanks for having me if it's such an imposition. Well, you know what? 339 episodes in, maybe they should feel a little unwelcome. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't for you, listeners. This is just for, frankly, it's rude that you're listening in. This is a private conversation that I'm having with my wife in our home. We're on our penultimate episode. We absolutely are. Terrible, terrible series. One left to go, and I have to say, I think it's my favorite episode of the season. That's a very low bar, but still. There's, there's a lot of elements here that I'm like, where was this? The whole time. And it starts right with my at first glance. Because the first thing you see in this episode are Scooby-Doo and Shaggy reminiscing on old mysteries. The villains that they've unmasked so far. I would like to see it. Where were these mysteries? I'm gonna say that they weren't mysteries. And they're being like, oh, look at these people we caught. When, you know... Like, they literally would have just caught them by tripping over them at one point. There's no mystery solving that these two are capable of. I, it, it feels like there's something... It at least would have resembled what the heart of Scooby-Doo was supposed to be. Like, what do we have here? We have Bigfoot. We have the Phantom. We have Chinese food. That's everything they... Because they said they took out the villains. Taking out Chinese food, that's a bit of a gag, so that made me laugh, too. Laughter, that's been missing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, any kind of joy at all has been missing from Get a Clue. I honestly, though, like, just looking at it right here, who is is this man? 
in Bigfoot. He's got a very square face. The Phantom, a, a red-headed man. Chinese food just looks like a lovely day. I don't know why they took a picture of themselves ordering Chinese food. Look at these two. They're a mess. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you know what? No, I do think it's weird because this is 2007. This is before Instagram. There's no need for it. We do have need for a premise, though. Uh, well, so I, let's get to it. I will happily provide that. In this episode, Shaggy's first dog, Zoinks, as well as Scooby's first owner, Groovy Dawn, return to cause some mayhem, courtesy of Dr. Fives. And that's the other element. A plan where Dr. Fives is out to get Shaggy and Scooby. That's at least what made Get a Clue work in Season 1. No more of this dicking around. We have an episode to get to. That's what this feels like. No. No, it doesn't feel like that. This doesn't feel like an episode. Feels like an exercise in futility. Well, I then let's get futile with the Shaggy and Scooby shenanigans. They claim at the very beginning of this episode that no one is braver than they are. Yes, they said that while they were reminiscing, and that was absolutely bullshit. The way white men unironically live their lives is just disgusting. No self-awareness. No self-awareness at all. I feel like this is going to come and attack me at this point in the podcast. No, what I think (laughs) mostly of is like all the men that claim to be woke. You know, you've got Louis C.K. or like even pro Jared on YouTube Mm -hmm. making all these jokes and comments and commentary about, like, gross men acting gross towards women and shit, and then they unironically turn around and that's their lives off of camera. It's projecting. And it's like, how do you live your life like this, white men? How do you do it? And and I, I'm gonna admit, I'm probably not self-aware enough myself to comment on that. I don't want anything I say right now coming to kick me in the ass. All I know is I am a very quiet man who's very critical of everything and has well-thought-out judgments. Our listeners will find that quiet remark especially hilarious. They will. As I have struggled to find an appropriate volume for Billy since episode one. (laughs) If we recorded on separate microphones, it'd be fine. The problem is we're sitting right next to each other, nary a foot apart. All right, well, then you get a separate microphone and a separate apartment, and we'll just Skype in <laughs> once a week to do this, shall we? I'd, st- I'd still rather not. That that feels like a, you know, for the, for the sake of the podcast, a disillusion of a glorious 10-year relationship that I've quite enjoyed. Dr. Fibes comes across something perfect in this episode, and that's that he says that Shaggy and Scooby are mysteriously invincible while together. This is apt. That's accurate. That that feels very on par with how uh, in the, uh, what was the movie, Chill Out Scooby-Doo, we just watched right before this season? Mm-hmm. How, how the villain in that, well, not, how Jacques in that grabbed Shaggy and Scooby because they were like the perfect monster bait. This is a nice moment of him realizing they're invincible and that he has to split them up if he's ever going to take either of them out. I don't know why you were talking about Fibes just there. I thought we were on Scooby and Shaggy. That's about Shaggy and Scooby, that they are invincible while together. Okay. That's, That's an aspect of them. More about Shaggy 
his childhood dog shows up, Zoinks. Apparently, when he was a child, teen at the latest, mm-hmm. he was playing fetch with Zoinks, a small yappy-type dog, and he threw the ball over his backyard fence into a canal where a boat headed to, like, what was it, Bangkok? Was, I, I, I was believe it was Bangkok. Slowly puttering <laughs> past? Yes. First off, who would build their property on the docks like this? Second off, Shaggy, you should have tried a little harder to go get Zoinks. I mean, I, it cut away from that flashback very quickly. He's a bad dog owner. If that were me, I would be clambering over that fence so fast, tears in my eyes. I mean, I don't think that's any surprise for listeners that I, that I would go to those lengths. Even just for the ball. <laughs> I don't want to lose my favorite ball like that. Why were you playing fetch with yourself then? <laughs> I was a lonely boy. My dog. I know what? I had dogs growing up, and I don't, I, I don't think they played fetch. Maybe you should have tried a little harder. I feel like Duke played fetch, but maybe Luke didn't so much. My, my childhood dogs, very cleverly named. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very human name of Luke. Indistinguishable. <laughs> Definitely not just the names of the Dukes of Hazard. Wait, was one of them named Duke Duke? <laughs> okay, wait, <laughs> Is I, you know, Duke the last you know what? name? I'm, I've never looked this up. I'm the, Honestly, I've never... Have I, I've probably seen episodes of the Dukes of Hazard, but I've probably mostly seen the movie. With without looking it up, I want to say it's like a Mario Brothers situation where it's like Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Here it's Luke Duke and Duke Duke. <laughs> Duke Duke is like the name you would call your dog who always gets the shits. <laughs> Come here, Duke Duke. Oh yeah, that's a good dog name. That's a better dog name than Duke itself. <laughs> we were going to okay, so so Luke was our first dog. Duke was our second. We were going to name Duke Chip at one point after the character in Beauty and the Beast, but we thought that it would be too close to the word sit. Sit Chip. He would be he would be confused. He would call his name. He would sit down. We didn't want that to happen, so we went with a name that was one letter off of our previous dog. And that's, how, how drunk was everyone in your home that the words chip and sit were not being enunciated they, totally they differently? They both have the eh, 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 eh. This, okay, this isn't good for a podcast. <laughs> what is this right now? Um, your hand movements that you did with it. <laughs> to speak to young Shaggy a little more for a moment, let's describe what the young Shaggy looked like. He has short hair. Wearing very high-waisted pants, rolled up at the cuffs, and uh, and a and a polo shirt. He's very blonde. He looks more like like he's dressed more like I would imagine Fred to have been dressed. I expect a young Shaggy to be a little more disheveled. It's like he was put together as a child, and maybe from having to be so put together at the time, that's why he let himself go in adulthood when he moved away from his barge adjacent home. <laughs> To the big city. <laughs> well, they keep calling him the hippie boy. So, I mean, th- maybe they're playing into Shaggy's quote-unquote hippie roots. Where if if there were teenagers in the 60s, that means that they were born in the 50s. Right. And that would have been the 50s style. 
Okay, so I can see Shaggy, that. Shaggy would have been styled as a child to be a miniature, probably, of his father mm-hmm. in a polo shirt and fucking buzz cut. But then as a teenager would have started rebelling. I would also say, you know, from the age that Shaggy is here, it's possible that he was that young child back in the 80s. And I want to say, uh, Zoinks looks like the kind of dog that yuppies would get in the 80s. <laughs> Shaggy runs very poorly. Has he run like that this whole series? He's never been a great runner, but in, in okay. what way? Do, well, I mean, he's he has the, world records, but... The, no, this is not the universe. <laughs> this is not the universe where he's a track man or the all sports star. He's like, his limbs are flailing out at weird angles. I don't know. It just looks bad. Like, uh, he, he's going to hurt himself if you run like that. <laughs> he's, un, he's uncoordinated. It's, it's, he's only mysteriously invincible because he's with Scooby. Uh, speaking of Scooby, we, uh, much as Shaggy has Zoinks, his previous pet, Scooby has his previous owner, Groovy Dawn. And let's just say that neither of them are suspicious in any way. That people they have not seen in upwards of, like, 15 years are showing up at a mansion door. They have not handed out this address to anyone. No. For Shaggy, like, it's at least his uncle's place. But I don't know on what terms Groovy Dawn and Scooby-Doo left each other. Yeah. Groovy Dawn, obviously a hippie. Very much so. We'll, We'll talk about him more in minor mentions. But he shows up. Scooby at first clutches his chest when he sees yeah. Groovy Dawn and leads me to believe Groovy Dawn was not a good owner. See, I thought it was more of just shock of seeing him. Because my headcanon right now is that the real Groovy Dawn is dead. He's he's very clearly a hippie. I, I think he burned out. Well, and I... That, and that's why Scooby was put up for adoption. Well, I, I see it more that he, Scooby was not treated well with Groovy Dawn, and that's why he was put up for adoption. Why would he be excited? Okay, here he is now. Ooh, he is very shocked there. He's mostly shocked, and then he realizes, I think out of spite. Ooh, so you think he's not excited to see him. Scooby-Doo is just, I can finally get one over on Shaggy here. Yeah, because Scooby is jealous of Zoinks. Zoinks is going out of... The, his small yappy dog ways to make Scooby look like a bad guy. Duh, it's a vibes agent. And so Groovy Dawn shows up, and I think Scooby is just like, fuck yes, I can be spiteful now. Except in his accent. Ruckress? Well, that could also be success. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also gets that with Groovy Dawn around. He does. So. I don't know, I... I feel like I disagree with you, um... In, in terms of previous ownership, but that look at the beginning was very telling. I don't know, more investigation to come, I suppose. Uh, we have no flashback for Scooby-Doo, so we don't get to see what he looked like as a pup. Um, but we do know, in the modern day, uh, Scooby has an HD DVD player. Yeah, he chose that side of the HD slash Blu-ray fight. And well, and as we incorrect. all know, that he's lost now. And I don't, like, it's not said, oh, he has an HD DVD player, but they say the full thing. I think it's, like, his high-definition DVD player, which, like, that's what HD DVD is. Mm-hmm. Blu-ray's separate. Sco- Scooby-Doo, 
uh, gets framed by Zoinks a couple times for making it look like Scooby's gonna, you know, do something bad so that Shaggy favors Zoinks over Scooby. Uh, at one of those moments, Zoinks ties itself up and puts a hammer in Scooby's hand. Yes. Making it look like Scooby is gonna hit another dog with a hammer. I which, think Shaggy should know better at this point. Yeah, that's not in Scooby's nature. It's also the darkest joke we've seen so far. Like, can you think of a darker joke in any of the episodes? Discounting ones that you and I have made. Well, then no. Um, other notes here. At one point, Scooby makes a slow motion. No! Right here. We're, we're actually watching it on screen. It's very dog-like. They, they have Scooby's jaw very good. Uh, Shaggy and Fives also get in on that slow motion, but Scooby, just wanted to point out, love the animation. Moving on to the Roby record. Um, someone rings the doorbell, and Shaggy says, Roby, can you see who's at the door? And Roby says, not from here. And I feel like that quip is intentional, because he's tired of these two. Yeah, that that's one that I could see from just like a regular butler. Like a snarky Jeeves. Not from here, sir. Oh, can you get it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever have a butler, I'm going to look for the sassiest butler. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to... Now, um, it says here you're sassy. Will you cleverly defy me upon occasion? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm rather insolent. See, but as long as he does the vacuuming and cooks dinner... Fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> Get those daily chores done and... And then sass and me up! put me in my place! <laughs> Roby, of all people, thinks Zoinks is a little tightly wound. Yes. And if that doesn't, uh, you know, flash red, red flags all over the place, I don't know what will. Uh, he also gets buried in the yard by Zoinks. Doesn't fight it at all. No. Just stays there for the rest of the episode. <laughs> And he deflects a laser from Zoinks, and that actually really messes up the language center in his processors. So he just starts saying random gibberish. Especially, you know, he has a message from Uncle Albert, and he says, Uncle Fibes has lemonade the sandwich. Smelly leprechauns. Hilarity all around from Roby today. I, I, Too bad we had to cancel him a couple episodes ago. Well, I, I was going to say... Before we remember that we've cancelled him, that he also yelled out, My bolts! My nuts! And I was sure for a second that he didn't say bolts, he said <laughs> balls. <laughs> I thought Roby was just like, My balls! My nuts! And I'm like, What? His cheese balls and his bowl of nuts! <laughs> He's trying to feed them to his guests! Dirty jokes. Oh, the Phineas phase. He gets hit by a laser after a literal one to one billion odd of it <laughs> yeah. happening. And, and he knew. He knew as soon as that laser was deflected that no matter the odds, he was about to get dinged. Yeah. Couldn't stop it. His, his plan this week really relies on an intimate knowledge with their past. Like, he has dossiers on Shaggy and Scooby at this point. 
Yes, because he, he pulls Zoinks and Groovy Dawn from their past. They're robots, if you haven't figured that out already, with laser abilities. Yeah, would have killed Shaggy and Scooby-Doo if not for the use of a force field Scooby snack. Literally could have killed Shaggy and Scooby without deploying Groovy Dawn if, when they were asleep by the pool, he had just given the order for Zoinks to kill them. They were literally asleep by the pool. It's in an, Kill them. He gives a kill order later on. It's not like he couldn't just give a kill order. But they're awake. And obviously it doesn't work. Yeah. Listeners, always kill someone while they're asleep. Do not do that. Do not kill anybody. I am not liable for anyone you kill. No, Billy, that's not how life works. I just want to be clear. You're not the next Charles Manson. I, do, I don't Look want you, them. You don't have that kind of charisma. <laughs> Why am I offended by that? <laughs> I gave you a look, but no, that's you're fine. Because you're a white man, so you think that you're the next cult I gotta, sensation. I just gotta compete with everyone, don't I? Um, There is not... I, I want to say there's not a lot of vibes. It's more that what Fives is doing is less dynamic than a lot of episodes. Really, he's sitting and watching the camera feeds of how his plan is unfolding. He... Grows to love Groovy Dawn. He loves that robot. As do we all. Thinks the laser's great. Uh, quotes him at the end by saying, What a bummer. <laughs> he had an influence. <laughs> Moving on to the agent agenda. With the use of the robots, the agents take a back seat. Of course. Thanks. I think that's also why I liked this episode. Of course, though, the agents that we still see is Agent 2. Mm-hmm. He wants to watch a show called America's Clumsiest Paperboy. Something so oddly specific as to to rival what we do here on Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. America's Clumsiest Paperboy. Yeah. Now, do you think this is a show that centers around one very clumsy paperboy, or do you think it's a reality-type competition trying to find America's Clumsiest Paperboy? Yeah, I think it's an America's Funniest Home Video situation. Where there's just so many videos of clumsy paperboys, they had to do something about it. I like how this show would probably lead to people, uh, like, becoming hazards to their paperboys. Putting out elaborate traps in their front yards for paperboys to fall into. So that paperboy becomes a very hazardous profession. <laughs> They're children, America. Agent 2 is also slow-motioned hit in the face. When Fives <laughs> goes into his slow motion moment, and it was just, oh, it was so beautiful. By the Sh metal hand, too. Should have sent a poet, it was so beautiful. The, on the only thing I wish is that if it had been in full motion, we would have heard a miraculous clang. Heard? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it as soon as I said it. I heard that that's what I said. Would have done heard them? <laughs> Look, I was talking about Luke and Duke earlier, and my <laughs> country boy ways are coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Minor mentions, then. Do you have anything to say about Zoinks and Groovy, Dan Groovy Dawn that we haven't already? Uh, just to describe them, Zoinks is a small white dog who looks more like a cat, honestly. Absolutely played by Frank Welker. <laughs> In his Abu voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, ooh, uh... The boat that the original Zoinks went on to was going to Bolivia. Well, it was called the Bolivian Queen, but I'm still going to headcanon that it was headed to Bangkok. Probably went over a waterfall at one point. It's like <laughs> the other queen boats that we know. 
Uh, Groovy Don is a dirty, ripped clothing. He carries a loot. Dreaded, he's got dreads, mm-hmm. but like they're terrible white guy dreads. I want to say, um, on first impressions, Tommy Chong comes to mind. Uh, that's who I think could play Groovy Dawn in the live action adaptation of this specific episode, which is a project that I'm uh, very confused why I was greenlit. But, <laughs> but I think he could do it. Um, darker skin tone on him might count as a person of color on my count. I would say not, though. You think he's just rather tanned? Because that's another option. Yeah. He seems like someone who would spend a lot of time outside. It's also... Not by choice. It's also just Frank Welker voicing him again. So I think for the sake of not giving this series an ounce of credit, he's just a white dude. Okay. Don't give this show any credit, Billy. Give him a little credit. Um, He also has a bazooka guitar and and a laser daisy. And in, in a wonderful moment, once they're revealed to have been robots, he just starts scooting about, like standing still, but scooting about as if he has little, like, heelys on his shoes. And then, oh my god. I wrote down that he seems to come on to Shaggy at one point, but I don't remember what point. Ah, so just That's a, not something I picked up on. It's just a lot of sexual tension between Groovy Dawn and Shaggy. I was more taken aback by when they melt... And just become the full-on robot shells a la Terminator. I got Hexus from Fern Gully vibes. Because mm. it was black with red eyes. Yeah, the black goo is terrifying. Anyways, Master Criminal Plan. Uh, it's really just vibes. Has robots of old relationships to <laughs> drive them apart and ultimately murder them. It, the plan really almost works. You know, I'd say it does work. These two get jealous as fuck over the littlest things. Yeah. Fibes' plan is to cause drama. That plan always works. He's just sitting back sipping his tea after having spilled it. You know what I think his problem was? The lasers. If he didn't at all include the lasers, it would have been a positive way to break them up too. He's broke. He's broken up Shaggy and Scooby by giving them back the people they love. But this also brings an interesting point. So, the way that Shaggy and Scooby meet each other now, now with the fact that Scooby has a previous owner, or perhaps Groovy Dawn was just a dog breeder. That's a job a hippie could have. It raises more questions. This episode. You think. Groovy Don put Scooby up for adoption because he was like, oh man, cute puppy. And then it just, he just kept growing. And he mm. was like, oh no, I can't have a Great Dane. I'm irresponsible. What am I supposed to do? Just have this dog in a van going all the way across the country? I'll sell him to this yuppie. Little did, maybe Scooby is the one that influences his owners to become hippies. Maybe that's a power Scooby has. Do you have any other... Thoughts or feelings? Um, a couple. One that we have a moment where it goes into that nice aspect ratio again. Uh, I don't think it's as effective as in the Western episode. And now that I've said it out loud, they've probably done it in previous episodes as well. But it was just, I always just like that camera zooming in to a more widescreen appearance. I also wrote here, should have been a robot gang. <laughs> oh, oh, I know what I meant by that. Not like a biker gang, 
But the gang Yeah, gang? Fred, Velma, and Daphne. They should have come back as robots. And that would have been Fives' plan. I kind of moved away from that because I, I liked what Groovy Dawn and Zoinks brought to the table. But I still think that would have been a nice way to bring the gang into this episode. Bring them back as robot doppelgangers who shoot lasers. What did, what did the showrunner of this show have against Velma, Daphne, and Fred? That they could not be included even once in season two. Like, fuck you! Shaggy and Scooby (laughs) cannot support shows on their own! They cannot! I miss them bad. I don't don't know what it is. If if it's a money thing? I mean, you're already paying Frank Welker. You're you're wasting the opportunity! Uh, Oh, uh, I also had another question. Does Uncle Albert just send his messages through text? And then they're translated through the holograms that Roby sends? Because that would make sense if his language processors were messed up. And that's what he was broadcasting. And it would also make sense how Dr. Trebla could surreptitiously send these messages. He's not actually going, changing back into his Uncle Albert clothes, sending a video message, and changing back into Dr. Trebla. He's, he's just, you know, texting under the table. And then Roby translates it into a hologram. Again, you're giving this show a lot of credit for thinking of something reasonable. You know that the next episode, when we find Uncle Albert, he's gonna explain his plan, and it's probably gonna be that he's just really good at taking that wig on and off real <laughs> fast. Well, we'll I mean, that, like, that absolutely has to happen, right? Like, there has to be an actual, in-the-flesh Uncle Albert in the last episode. I'll be mad if there's not. I'll be mad if there's not because that implies that they thought they were getting a season three. <laughs> yeah. Most Scooby-Doo shows don't. Most Scooby-Doo goes for two seasons. Ah, uh, but What's New had just gone for three seasons. Mm, that's true. Who knows what they thought. I'm not their mothers. And before that, Pop had gone for four. Four in quotation I guess, marks. Mm, maybe, the, maybe the two season thing is more of the upcoming seasons I'm thinking of. You know, Mr. Incorporated had two seasons. Be Cool had two seasons. Guess Who has had... um, They've got two seasons in the bank. Who knows what's happening in the future? We'll see. I guess, where are you? Famously, two seasons. Well, they had his later third season. I don't count that as where are you. What do you count it as, then? I count it as... have another name. It's the Scooby-Doo show. (laughs) They they were lying, Amelia. (laughs) That was not where are you. Is this a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? I I actually am going to give this one a strong Scooby-Doo. I enjoyed the flow of it. There are minimal agents. Shaggy and Scooby are mostly on the back foot. It works for me. How about you? I think you know what I'm about to say. I thought maybe it could get up to maybe. It's a Scooby-Don't. Because I hate this series. All right. It makes me want... To hang myself. If you're going to make a cut-down version of Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue, this would be one of the episodes I would include. If I was going to make a cut-down version of Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue, it would literally just be the theme song, and then anyone sane watching it would say, okay, that's enough for a lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're at the end of this episode, at least. Which means there's only one more left to go. That next episode is... Uncle Albert alert. So if he doesn't show up, they're lying, 
and deserve to be sued. Listeners, if you'd like to get litigious with Billy, you can find us on Twitter. He's at TheBillySeagwire. I am at Amelia, collectively at Scooby underscore Dues. We can also be found on Tumblr, WordPress, YouTube, Patreon, Ko-fi. Google us, you'll find us. Also, Amelia has her own YouTube series, Fatal Amelia. You should absolutely check it out. It's spooky stuff, and it's worth a watch. Gee, thanks, Billy. You're welcome. You never let me be the one to pimp out your, your YouTube series. It's great. It's so worth watching. And I guess on that note... That's it from Scooby-Dooby-Us... To Scooby-Dooby-You!